Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you all. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers could get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Visit uscellular.com for terms and restrictions. Welcome back to Talkville, the uh, ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast where each week we go back. I'm waiting for Tom to interrupt me. He's been doing that a lot lately. We watch old episodes. We review them. Sometimes you get mad at me and say I crap on the show and that's not true. I'm just honest. We all have our take. There were just two beautiful episodes that I really liked and gave high scores to. I want to preface that with today's episode um, and we'll get into it. We're going to discuss it all with you guys and how we, what we thought. We have a special guest too. And uh, I can't forget to mention the socials to follow us. And uh, that is at Talkville Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, at Talkville Pod on Twitter. And if you didn't get a chance to call into our hotline and leave a question, you, you got to do that. And you got to give a, do it way ahead of time, like episodes ahead, right, Tom? Yeah, I think we should have had Jonathan Taylor Thomas submit a question. That would have been great. Yeah. But that's a producer thing. We're going to get into this episode, but leave messages. Uh, if you go to YouTube and Talkville podcast, subscribe. Please subscribe. Write a review. It really helps the podcast. And if you want to support the podcast and keep it going, because God knows the patrons are keeping the show going, go to patreon.com slash Talkville. And if you want to give a little something to keep the podcast going, great. And uh, Ryan and Tom and I will join you uh, every week. Welcome, Tom Welling. I'm trying not to interrupt you. I can. I, I can. I, I bit my tongue that whole time. No, you can interrupt me as much as you want. People like it. Ryan, welcome. Hello. Uh, all right. Without further ado, let's get into season two, episode nine. This is dichotic. All right. Now, wait a second. I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to say there's a lot of little moments in this episode that made this very joy, joyful for me. Like, I think it, it was not a fast episode. It was maybe a little too much story, but there were very many small moments that made this a lot of fun for me to watch. Yeah. You know, I watched it after I got a massage last night late. And um, um, I watched it and I was, you know, I was excited because the last two episodes were so good. And then I was like, we were thrusted right into another Freak of the Week. And I and I get it. We don't have to talk about that. I mean, Freak of the Week, so be it. Um, there were some cool moments. I really specifically like a moment that you did at the very end of the show where it was, it was just, it was a choice and it was interesting, but it's like after you told, and we'll get into it after you tell Kristen and Allison or not uh, characters, Lana and Chloe sort of like, yeah, we're friends. And you walk outside and instead of being sort of sad about it and whatever, you kind of smiled, kind of like smiled, like, yeah, I'm proud of myself. I did that. Stood up for myself. Which was sort of, yeah, it was it was interesting. And I was like, I, I wanted to talk to you about that. We'll get into that. But I thought that was really cool. Um, no, I was going to say, thank you for joining us today. That was the episode. Um. Title Dichotic. <laughs> uh, aired November 19th, 2002. Director Craig Zisk. Writer's Mark Verheiden. Very, very talented writer. Guest star Jonathan Taylor Thomas, who was, uh, I thought, amazing Love as him. Ian Randall. Uh, Emmanuel Vauger as Dr. Helen Bryce. She was great. She always is. And Robert Wisden as Gabe Sullivan. He's back as Alice and Chloe Sullivan's dad. Synopsis. Clark tries to warn Lana and Chloe of an overachieving student who is simultaneously dating both girls. They accuse him of being jealous before realizing too late that he was right. Uh, all the while, Lex lands himself in anger management and meets an interesting woman with a great last name. <laughs> Bryce, do Bruce you get Bryce? that, Bryce? Because he's the producer. Do you get that, Ryan? Oh, I did. I, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't see the connection. But yeah, uh, Bryce and I like when they reference our names because yeah. I liked the Ryan episode. episode Ryan, sure. And now here's a Bryce. They are serving us proper. Look, the episode starts out in Clark's metal shop class as the teacher questions the strangely obvious S he has constructed. Nail on the head, on the nose too much on the nose you be the judge critical teacher goes on to ridicule the letter opener made by ian randall an overachieving student ian is upset that this project is going to negatively impact his grades wait a second what about sam's candle holder 
Come on, he did a great job. I thought the teacher was just too snotty and rude. I've never seen somebody that dickish. Like one note is what one note is something you don't like either. He just was the same through the whole thing. And let me tell you something. It would have been more effective if he was a little more pleasant and more like played the opposite. Like, hey, I'm sorry. What the hell is this character's name? He played Ian. Hey, Ian, I'm really sorry. Um, I, I, I think you did, this is a nice job, but it's 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 not to me compared to the other students. It's not as good. Not as good. So I I'm going to base it on that. And if you made him nicer, then his death would have meant something. And then we've seen the dark side of Ian more. But this guy was a jerk, and it was kind of warranted. And it just it, it wasn't what I wanted. I, I would not have played that. I'll also say that. Uh, Pete has a line that says, you know, about Clark, about function in his design. And the the thing that's unsaid is that um, Ian makes the letter opener and there's a lot of function behind it coming up. He uses it very functionally. That's true. Before Clark leaves, he's able to use his x-ray vision to look at the glass. The class is grades. Pete receives a B plus while Clark and Ian get C's. Is it just me or did Sam look like he was having a lot of fun during this episode? He just looked so happy the whole time. He did. Episode. He was committed. He was having a good time. I agree with that. Yeah. But also, yeah. you know, I'll say that, I don't know. Never mind. With his 4.0 GPA and Luther Corp scholarship in jeopardy, Ian visits the shop tr- teacher to try and strong arm him to change his grade to an A. The teacher doesn't budge, so Ian decides to stab him in the heart with his crappy letter opener. This scene just didn't add up. I know we had to get Ian to kill the teacher, but the, what the teacher was doing when Ian showed up and then the, the conversation, I was like, it felt like the end of an episode. Um, and I think after this, everything got better. He puts his hand on the teacher. The teacher puts his hand on him. It just seems like the teacher would have stabbed like, hey, don't you put your hands on me. You are a student. You do not put your hands on me. I am reporting this. It just was the dialogue wasn't what was real. It just, I would have written it. I don't know. I'm sorry. I just didn't think it was. Well, you remember the principal that we had an episode or two ago uh-huh. who called out Lex Luthor? Yep. We need a little more of that and a little more standing your ground authority. Just like he played it too. Like, oh, I just didn't like it. The same day as Lex leaves the town with a coffee and a headache, he's greeted by a meter maid riding a ticket. This guy was another dick. Despite his plea to the officer, Lex isn't able to get his way out of the ticket. Instead, makes takes his nine iron to front the front of the man's car. Um, you know what's funny is on the way to have lunch with my friend yesterday. I went to a stop sign and I, I thought I stopped and I, then I went, but I noticed as I started to, to roll away, it was a cop to my right and the lights went on and he followed me and pulled me over. I immediately thought, take your sunglasses off. Don't look like a douche. Put your regular glasses on. He came up to me both. <laughs> it was funny because I looked to my right and there was a cop and I was like, oh, hey officer, how are you? And then all of a sudden the guy goes, Sir, and, I, and I, I jumped because the other guy was to my left. And then I go, hey, hey, I go, I'm so sorry. What did I do? He goes, well, you just rolled at that stop sign. You didn't stop. I go, actually, I'm sorry. I thought I really did stop. And I saw you there, but I thought I got there first. And he goes, it's the right away. It's the person to your right gets to go first. And I go, I'm, I'm, I'm an what? I'm an, I, whatever. It's true. The person at a stop sign to the right who gets there goes first, who gets there, even if it's even. So he goes, just don't do it again. I don't know how. I got away with it. I said, I'm a dumbass. I'm sorry. It'll never happen again. And he let me go. It is funny. It, it is funny to think that a real stop means you stop. You could open up the door, put your foot on the ground, put it back in, close the door. That's in, that's considered a stop. I, I Yeah. I have a different theory about stuff. I think like if you stop at a stoplight and there's nobody else there, you you should be able to go through it. You should be able to stop and go through it. I'm just saying, I think that's what you should be able to do. In the suburbs of Smallville, Clark is helping Lana move in with the Sullivans. Which was too much of a surprise, I thought. But this is a backward reveal story in, in, in a little bit. But it was nice to see uh, Chloe and Lana having this thing. It was, it, was, it was fun to watch. Hard for Clark, but yeah. Yeah, you know, it was. They don't really have a lot of dialogue and stuff to do together. And they sort of, it, it was a little forced. Because here's why. I, I think... Kristen, or sorry, Lana is smarter than that. Chloe's more desperate. So she'll, she's like, you know, a guy asks her out. She's like, okay, sure. But like Lana 
It just seems, tell me if I'm wrong, guys out there, but Lana wouldn't give in so fast. She'd be like, mm, thank you, but you know, um, it would have taken some more time. She's more shy. Just all of a sudden, it seemed like a different personality for Lana. I was like, what show are we watching? You didn't agree, Ryan? Uh, I mean, it was, it's Jonathan Taylor Thomas, man. <laughs> <laughs> he but is hot. He is so hot. hot. So hot. Mr. Sullivan drops a banger. Mi casa su casserole. Whatever. It's a dad joke. It worked. Back at the can farm, Jonathan's working on a tractor when all of a sudden it collapses on his leg. Oh, cas- oh casserole. Got it. Jeez, I'm glad you're explaining all these jokes in this episode. Thankfully, Clark arrives home in time to pull it off his father, later using x-ray to diagnose his broken leg. At Smallville High, Ian Randall plays a, pays a visit to the Torch to ask Chloe for some books. After learning that Ian is planning to graduate as a sophomore and go to an Ivy League school, Chloe asks the boy genius for an interview. Later on, Martha goes to visit Jonathan in the hospital. By the way, he's upset with his wife because she wasn't home to help him, but rather was on a conference call for Luther Corp. I, this is the first time I felt like, oh my God, Jonathan's a dick. Like, I really felt like he is really being a jerk to her, and I didn't know why, because, because you don't think about the fact that she's working at Luther Corp. That's revealed later, but you're like, for that, for the time being, in the beginning of the episode, I was like, oh my God, is, is he overacting? Is he over, is he being? Well, I, I think a big part of this, Michael, is that, you know, if you'd ever been in a long-term relationship, you'd understand that sometimes things evolve and change, and the other person might not be up to speed and might feel like they don't have the attention they used to have. and what we'll find out through this episode is there has to has have to be a conversation about that right i guess what i'm saying is the the beginning it was too abrupt and it made me feel like oh uh, is he on something is, is was he affected by kryptonite poisoning what's happening he's really out of line and we we then find out at the end of the episode oh it's the luther she's working for oh okay but for it was kind of jarring at first it didn't you know there could have been something where he said you know well it's okay you know in the beginning what would have made it more apparent and understandable is if the first time he sort of barked at her and said no it's fine i'm fine if you have to go back and work you know work to luther corp and work it's fine i get it and it would have made the audience go oh she's he's upset about that we didn't know it wasn't in the writing yeah and i think that he doesn't want people to worry about him almost to a fault. But I think, but it, you know, as you find out in the episode, it sets up something later. And un- tragically, you have these scenes that don't seem right, but it creates the tension. I felt like that was my problem in this show. This episode, I felt like things just, it felt like a different universe. Like, what's that arrow universe where it's, uh, what's it called? The, Ar- the Arrowverse. Arrowverse, whatever. The, the Arrowverse. It felt like this is another dimension and Clark, uh, the only person acting normal is Clark. Lana's weird. Alice, Chloe's weird. You got this weird guy duplicating himself. Jonathan's acting completely different. Um, you know, Annette, uh, uh, what's her name? Mrs. Kent's emotional. Uh, Lex is knocking shit out on the car on the, on his, the lights on the guy's car. Everybody's out of character. What was the name of the, ep- what was the name of the episode again? dichotic <laughs> there you go i don't know man maybe yeah maybe 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 later i i just I, later on martha goes to visit jonathan hospital he's upset with his wife because she wasn't home to help him but rather was on a conference call for luther court speaking of luther's jonathan's favorite person in the world lex luther pays a visit to the hospital to ensure that jonathan receives the best orthopedic orthopedic care possible sorry i'm really glad that we didn't have this scene where lex showed up before martha to check on jonathan kent and we had the same like, I don't need your help. I just need to get out of here. That would have been an e- that would have been an easy scene to throw in there. I'm glad they did. Yeah, I agree. While there, he runs into Jonathan's doctor, Helen Bryce, insulting her by trying to go over her head. Chloe and Ian hit the talent for their interview, but instead of diving into his genius pursuits, he asks her out. I will say that Emmanuel, the actress, h- held her own in that scene very well. With yeah, that. she could have been just more. I don't know mean i thought she held her own she she believed in herself she wasn't playing how it's rich she wasn't playing into it she was playing a real person that's why it worked unlike the the guy the the teacher in the beginning it was like oh my gosh (laughs) he's a he's a patron by the way he was a lovely man i never met him (laughs) i'm sure he's good i mean maybe it was misdirection i don't know it just wasn't written well talkville is brought to you by good chop if you haven't heard us talk about this uh this this is unbelievable. This is an unbelievable company. 
Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high-quality meat and seafood delivered to your door on schedule. I cooked some of these steaks, and it was the best meat I've had, and I'm not... I want, I'm going to name drop, but I went, I won't name drop. I went to my friend Skeet's house and we barbecued and I put these on the grill and I don't know what it was, but good shop completely sold me. Uh, you can choose from over 70 high quality cuts, 100% grass fed ribeyes, USDA prime filet mignon, free range and organic chicken breast, pork tenderloin, thick cut bacon. Uh, they also have wild-caught seafood, salmon, Pacific cod, scallop, shrimp, and more. Tom, have you had this? No, this is good stuff, guys. Um, I've had it all, and I want more. I mean, that's the easiest way to be say Yeah, it's uh, I really am. When I get these boxes, I get so excited because I know I'm going to be fed for the week. And what's great is it doesn't cost a fortune for this great. You could have quality meats. Uh, Good Chop's price per meal starts at just $3.74. And unlike a lot of companies, Tom, Good Chop sources its meat and seafood exclusively from American farms and fisheries so you can support local family farms and independent ranchers right here in the U.S. The products are vacuum sealed and frozen at peak freshness so you can stock your freezer and cook when you want, just like I do. Good Shop especially prides itself on sourcing meat that comes with no antibiotics or added hormones ever. No artificial ingredients, only the good stuff. And, you know, they're so they're so confident in this product, as am I and Tom here, uh, that they offer 100% money-back guarantee here. So love Good Shop or get your money back. This stuff's the real deal. If you want delicious meats or seafood, this is the place. Good Chop. Go to goodchop.com slash talkville120 and use code talkville120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code at talkville120 at goodchop.com slash talkville120 for $120 off. Goodchop.com slash talkville120 code talkville120. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, a lot of us wish we had more time, but time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you could do more of it. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Therapy can help everyone be the best they can be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Listen, learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash TalkVille today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Dot com slash Talkville. Uh, Clark interrupts to ask Ian about their shop class. Clark catches Ian in a lie after he tells Clark that he secured an A, despite the harsh criticism he received from the teacher. Lana interrupts this conversation with concerns over math, and Ian uses this as an excuse to tutor her, ask her out. Foreshadowing in here when Ian tells Lana, so simultaneous equations giving you grief. In other words, like he's about to give her grief with his simultaneous personalities. By the way, I, I just love what JTT did there. He just was calm, cool, wasn't afraid. Good actor. And, and I, I think I kind of remember that scene being very awkward for Clark, obviously. And being like, you know, cause it, it would be so easy to just play so jealous and like, wait, 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 what's going on? And interrupt. But now you got to let it breathe, bro. You got to let it breathe. Ryan, what's JTT doing now? Look at look it uh, up. I looked it up. He's not doing much at the moment. He should. He, He's uh, a good actor. He, well, I mean, he got back on because Tim Allen had another sitcom, so, so he was on that, that like a guest star, and he did a little bit of directing. And um, I, th I think one of the things, in, and I don't mean to put words in JTT's mouth, one of the things that he probably liked about this role was that this is a this was a high school kid wanting to live his own life outside of a small world to break out. Because I don't know if anybody knows this, but I, I learned back then when he was on the show, he wanted to go to college and be like a normal kid after his success. And I don't know if it was hard or not for him, 
But I have to imagine when the script came in front of him, it was something to it for him. You know what I mean? To tap into that part of it. So Before leaving the town, Ian goes into the back room, begins to strip naked. Ooh, nice legs. Were they his? I don't know. After a few deep breaths and strenuous grunts, we hear another person appear out of his back. A xenomorph. Ian has cloned himself. I thought that was kind of cool. I thought it was that cool. That looked pretty too. cool, especially for that many years ago. The effect was cool. Yeah. I mean, Did he have to do that every day? Because it looked painful. Yeah, it, it, it was painful. The guy was <laughs> dealing with a lot of pins, like taking the worst shit of your life. Next day, and it's the shit of yourself, it's literally. The next day, Jonathan struggles to stay put and recover. Martha stays home from work feeling guilt for abandoning the farm and her family. I think he was too hard on her. It's really, you know, like, you know, this woman wants to go and do what she wants to do. Let her, you know, be a man by letting her be a woman. She put that on a T-shirt. Maybe. Clark heads to school, shocked to find that his metal shop class has been canceled while Pete pokes at Clark for being jealous of Lana and Ian. And as the two discuss double angle functions, Ian thinks it's the perfect timing to plant one on her. So he goes for the kiss. Later on, we see Lex Luthor attending his first anger management class where just so happens to run into Dr. Bryce, who we find out drop kicked an orderly and the two banter back and forth. And the doctor turns down a date request from Lex, who's perplexed. Hold on real quick. I thought she did a great job. Her reaction when she hears what Lex did. I like the way that she played that of like enjoying it, of being like, who hasn't wanted to do that? I thought that was a nice choice. Yeah, I liked it too. After his words of warning fall flat with Lana, Clark tries to reason with Chloe inside the torch. Chloe tells Clark that she and Ian have already discussed this. Once again, feeling put down by Clark, Chloe storms out of the torch upset. Um, I'm not going to shit on the episode anymore. School gets out and concerned. Clark makes one final attempt to stop this love triangle by confronting Ian himself. While Ian is typing on his paper, Clark applies the pressure, telling him to lay off. Ian then reveals that both Clark and Lana have expressed frustrations with Clark and his intentions with them. The two have a standoff before leaving as they discuss Ian's real grade in shop class and the strange nature of their teacher's disappearance. I thought it was kind of weird that Ian, like, again, that Chris Lana would divulge information to this guy in the, their first encounter. I don't know. It's just like, it's just uncharacteristic. It's just not, it's not clever to me. I don't know why. I just didn't think it was, I just think it was like, why are there? There's a lot. There's a line in this where Clark tries to confront Lana and she says, unless you have proof, mind your business. And I think that's a, something that was in the episode as a theme because Clark doesn't have proof and later things get proven, but right, right. All right. Clark takes Pete to investigate the shop class and search for their teacher. Damn. Who's that? Oh, they this find was a body the best scene. Falling out of the closet, revealing. This was How does that body best. just fall out of nowhere? No, but but Sam's play, like the way he plays Pete. Oh, we're just looking around. Okay, I'm going to look. I'm looking. Okay, I'm looking around, Clark. I'm looking around. Bam, he gets hit by a dead body. All I could hear was, damn, who's that? Like muffled. <laughs> I know he didn't say it, but I just laughed out loud. Yeah. At that moment. It and, uh, and it wasn't, you were not supposed to laugh out loud. No. As the no. guys realize the, the the fire gets started, as it gets ignited by Ian sending an explosion throughout the shop class, right after this, Clark goes to check. Out. Look, it was a cool effect. It's a little troubling that Clark just keeps asking Pete to, hey, let's go break into another thing together. <laughs> you know, this is this is this has happened how many times this season? Like now that Pete's in on the thing, like Clark just is like, hey, I got to go break into a thing. You're coming with like, <laughs> like yeah, Pete's, Pete's like, hey, Clark, this is turning into a one way relationship. I need you to do something for me. Right after this, Clark goes to check Chloe, who has made plans with Ian. He walks into her house unannounced and is shocked to find her making out on the couch with Ian. Clark tries to tell her that Ian killed his teacher and set a fire in the shop class, and Chloe doesn't buy it because his alibi of being with her makes that impossible. And the next day at the talent, Clark tries to share information with Lana. She's not buying it either and tells him that if Ian has so many secrets, they should be good friends. Like her and Clark should be good friends. That's hmm. called a jab, Ryan. <laughs> Back at the Smallville Hospital, Lex pays a visit to Dr. Bryce, remembering where they have previously met during Lex's past life as a drunken party boy. We learn that the doctor left the footsteps of her successful father in Metropolis to create her own destiny in Smallville. Sound familiar? One of my favorite lines Lex has right there. She says, you know, I didn't follow him. I didn't join my father's practice. I didn't follow his footsteps. And Lex goes, yeah, they don't like it when you do that. <laughs> that was great oh yeah was that great. was good yeah at the kent farm we find clark in full chloe mode investigating how ian could have been enrolled in so many class courses at the same time the impossibility of this causes him and pete to think something up to catch him in his lie clark schemes a way to get both ians in different places at the same time so he and pete can confirm their suspicions 
Clark tries to call Chloe to warn her, but annoyed by his persistence, she ignores. Instead, she is visited by Lana, who wants to have a conversation about Ian. The two have a heart-to-heart and figure out that they have both been played. Uh, They tell Ian Clark was right about him. Ian goes on to demean them. Once he realizes he's been set up by Clark, the girls try to escape. But Ian and his clones, his clone, prevent them from leaving. Now, if the kid was smart, he would have had like three clones help take care of the shit. I mean, we saw how hard it was for him to make one. Like that, look, it's painful. It it hurts. But the the thing is, everybody in this episode wants to be in two places at once, (laughs) not three. So that's why it's duplicity, not dichotic, not triplicity. Yeah. (laughs) They already named the episode at this point. (laughs) Clark and Pete rush to the torch to save the girls, but they're too late. Instead, on Chloe's computer, they find a draft of a note that says both girls are heading to end it all at the dam. They're going to just end it. Both of them are going to end it all at the dam. (laughs) I mean, that's got to be the most asinine thing in history. I mean, come on. Whatever, <laughs> Tell Trevor. me, Louise. But okay, Chloe, Lana, Ian, and uh, and Ian get to the dam. Both girls struggle against Ian as they put them pull them towards the edge. In the struggle, Chloe gets knocked out and thrown off the ledge, edged by one of the Ians. Thankfully, Clark arrives in time to jump to the bottom of the dam and catch Chloe before he splats. I thought they did a good job of making me feel like, how's Clark going to do this? Like, yeah. There's a lot of people It was kind of cool. Yeah. That was kind of cool. And and I can tell you stories later about, I, I do remember things about that day filming. And yes, Kristen did hang off the side of that dam. Really? Wait, there's a real dam? Damn. Yeah. Jeez. Damn. Real damn. 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 Real damn. Who's that? Huh. That's Lana. That's Kristen. Yeah, where's Pete all Where's <laughs> Pete all this? Pete sees JTT coming out of the thing. He goes, Clark, we got him. You're right. And then just F's off. We never see him again. <laughs> He's like, hey, I'm going to go play some Activision or whatever the kids were doing at that time. I I got a date. Tony Hawk (laughs) 1. Clark super speeds with Chloe back to the top of the dam. Who's that? (laughs) At the same time, one of the other Ians and Lana get thrown off the side, barely holding onto the edge. Ledge for life. Clark fights off Ian and then goes to save Lana and Ian. And right before they fall to their death, Clark grabs Lana, pulling her up to safety. However, Ian loses his grip and falls from the dam to his death. He saved the day. Clark did. Did you notice that little beat when the one Ian falls? Because you don't know which one's the real one at that point, if that matters. But he's got Lana and the other Ian falls and Clark does this. It's real quick. He goes, eh. <laughs> I didn't notice that. And why, did, and why did Clark catch Chloe and then bring her back up to the top of the dam where the thing was? That was another thing. But I learned how to fall on my back in that scene. I do remember that the stunt guy's teaching me how to like, how you fall, but you tuck your chin. There's a lot in this. Clark returns to the farm. His parents are curious whether or not Chloe or Lana saw him using his powers. There we see Martha going over her bills, trying to figure out whether or not she can leave her job at Luther Corp. Jonathan tells her not to leave her job and provides the support that was lacking before. Later that night, and I thought it was a really nice moment. Later that night at the Sullivan house, Chloe and Lana make up and, and vote not to share secrets anymore. Well, Go figure. Mm-hmm. Both girls have a nice heart to heart about uh, both of their abandonment issues and they're dealing with their with from their families. The girls then invite Clark to the Talon to apologize, but tell him, what do you expect when you've never really been honest with us? Clark doesn't back down and tells them that he expected more from them. They ask him what he truly wants from their relationship. And he says, let's just be friends as he exits with a grin on his face the episode closes with us not figuring out what happened to Ian or how he did his cloning. The mm. end. He might be in another episode. Yeah, that that was a to little IMDb. too much of a cliffhanger because I was I was too curious about what happened to him. Oh, guess who's here? Aunt Nell. Hi. Yeah. We're, hi. Um, so cool. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's <laughs> Day to you. <laughs> well, Michael didn't have a date, so he asked me to join him on the podcast. And my wife is doing a great job with our kids letting us do this. So thank you for joining us. Yeah, no, thanks so much for having me. Um, t- Tom, I don't think I've ever, did we ever actually meet? <laughs> it's so funny. I said the same thing to Michael. Um, we met, there was a scene. It's so funny. Now that I watch all these episodes, these memories come back. I would have never remembered this. There was a scene on the front of the actual Kent house where Lana snuck out with Clark and Aunt Nell addresses it on the porch. But I had a scene with Jonathan Kent on the same porch. And we just kind of crossed paths like, hello, hello, nice to meet you. Have a great scene. 
But that was it. Do you remember getting cast? And what was it that you thought you were going to do? Was it like something? Oh, this may be a recurring. This may be. What did they tell you? Uh, So what I remember, which is a key word, um, is I had worked with David Nutter um, on a couple of things prior. And he um, he said, hey, I'm doing this this uh, new show. I'm going to shoot the pilot. I really want you in it. Blah, blah, blah. And um, and so I remember getting cast. I I don't remember thinking it was going to turn into anything, but I do remember thinking, how cool is this just to be a part of such a like a legend? I I, I felt super honored and I thought that was really cool. And then I, I remember shooting the pilot and then it just sort of turned into something. But yeah, but I, I didn't know where it was going. And I'm not I'm not really sure they knew what what they were. doing. I kind of floated around with different storylines. I heard, you know, I heard different things in the works. Um, but I'm not, you know, I, I, I'm not sure they knew what they were doing with, with Aunt Nell. So. Did, did you feel like you had what John Glover and Annette O'Toole would say, Lex and Martha, I'm sorry, Lyle and Martha, what's called the golden handcuffs. You have this opportunity to be a part of the show. It takes off and it's great, but you're sort of like tied to it and you can't make any other plans because you don't know when they're going to use you. And when they call, you have to show up. Or did you, were they a little more like receptive? receptive to like the fact that you might be doing other things or and- flexible. I, I don't know. Flexible. Yeah. yeah. They they were, they were flexible. I, I was, I think at the time I was doing three or four shows at the same time. Wow. So yeah. So, so I, I was, I was really lucky. Um, I had, I had um, a show with uh, Chris Carter going and then a Canadian show going and um, all the ADs were, I mean, it, it, I make myself sound to be like, you know, but, but it was kind of cool. They were all working each other's schedules out to, to try to fit me in. Um, and then, and then it, and then it just, then it just sort of left. <laughs> and, uh, I think I came back for the wedding at some point. Yeah. Were you upset about that? Was there any sort of call that said, Hey, listen, Aunt Nell's run its course. I, I don't think yeah. that, this is going to be it for Aunt Nell, uh, you know, and uh, we want you to know we really appreciated you. Or was it just kind of something that just kind of went away? It just, it just went away. And I, I, I mean, I think we all want to be working as much as possible. And I, I absolutely would have loved to have, you know, stayed on more, but, um, but you know, I mean that life throws things at you and I had other things on the go and, um, I just thought it was super cool just to be part of a comic book series. I, I just, I, yeah. I, that's what I really liked. Well, we yeah. just, we just watched a show that we talked about earlier today and it's about a, a, it's called Dichotic, but it was about this character. Anyway, it starts with Lana moving in with Chloe. And I was like, wait, what's happening? Huh? And there's like yeah. a brief thing about, well, Aunt Nell wasn't happy because I guess Aunt Nell was moving away, but then they yeah. just moved on. And I still a lot of questions unanswered, but it's not like they probably even told you that. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. No. And yeah, because Aunt no. Nell was sort of, um, it was like Aunt Nell comes up to Lana and says, hey, so we're moving. And Lana's like, you're not, you didn't even tell me. Like, I don't even have a, 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 I can't even talk about this. I don't have a choice in the matter. And then that was the end of the episode. And the next thing you know, she's moving in with Chloe. <laughs> and I, there's no Aunt Nell. Is that what happened? Was that your last episode for the most part, except I, for the wedding? <laughs> What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, um, what was super cool is I listened to um, your podcast with Kristen on it. And um, and she I think you guys said, you know, who 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 did you work with that you really, really liked working with? And she said, hey, yeah, you know, that actress that played Aunt Nell. And it's like, 
Wow, that was. I always liked working with the actress who played Aunt Nell. That that was always a little bit more personal, and it was not uh, as much in service of another character. Out of, you know, out of all the seasons and of all the people that she worked with, it just kind of it. I didn't realize that that I had um, made an impression on her, and that was really I, sweet. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't realize it wasn't going to be me or Michael. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you know what's. Fun- you know what's funny is I, I'm honestly saying this um, from the heart is when I watch the first season in the beginning of the show or even like the show in general, it's like you think of the beginning how it all started and you think of like the obviously the 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 lead roles, but like Aunt Nell to me was always an integral part of the show, even though you might not have appeared as much as you should have or said as much as you should have. I really felt like that's Lana's aunt. For a season yeah. or so, that yeah. was Lana's aunt. That's who she lived with because her parents died. And whenever we saw her, it was like, okay, we're seeing family. This is still family. So it is cool. I think they did have plans in the first season, second season, and then maybe who knows? I mean, who knows? I don't think I I don't think I pissed anybody off. No. Um, but uh, but I think just, you know, they just had a different directions. So it always. It also did feel like Aunt Nell had her own life, which I, what you saw later with Lana is making her own life too. Uh, so yeah. I, I, I did think that that relationship had an effect on Lana's growth. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. Oh. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you know, and it was probably. I mean, were you blown away by the production of it all? Like when it first started, whenever you come to set and you notice, like, wow, this is like really a big show. They're pouring money into this. Oh, I. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I remember the pilot was was crazy. The pilot was crazy. I remember, uh, you know, sh- shooting all these explosions and and uh, um, the the way that they got um, the little girl that I was holding. You know, when she, uh, when uh, Lana's a little girl, the way they got her to cry. Oh my! How did like, they get her to just, cry? I've always wanted to know that. Uh-oh. You want me to tell you? Yes. No, it's not going to be good. Nope. Got to hear it. I got to hear it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they'd allow that in in this day and age. But so I guess they had asked the mom to bring the little girl's favorite doll. And right before they rolled, the mom came around the corner to the little girl and said, say goodbye to so-and-so. You're never going to see her again. I'm never going to give her to you ever again. And this little girl just went, (laughs) she just burst out crying. Aww. Yeah. Did, did you ever feel like you wanted more scenes with Lex Luthor? More. <laughs> I always felt like, you know, you, you get this whole high school world. I'm like, why isn't Lex hooking up with Aunt Nell? I know. You know, I heard rumors that there was going to be a little thing going on with Lex. And then I also heard rumors there was a little th- going to be a little thing going on with your dad, Tom. And then. Uh, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. You could have been a little been... thorn in old Martha Kent's <laughs> so, side. I- but you know what, though? It wouldn't have worked with Lex because Lex eventually gets with Lana, and that would have been weird. Like, you were with my weird. Aunt Nell. But I don't know if they yeah. even knew that at, you know, at that at that point. Yeah, but but to answer the question, yes, I I I, I definitely do wish that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Did you hear that, Ryan? Ryan heard it. Ryan's still going like this from the little girl's doll. <laughs> I mean, oh my gosh, her crying was so sad. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm sure look, she's probably they fine. crushed her. They crushed her entire life in a moment. That's I know. Oh, yeah. That's not- yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. like, if you want a little girl to cry, I mean, oh. look, I thought you were going to say something worse, like you know they, but like they just say you're not going to see your doll again. I mean, that's that's it's not great. But it's oh. it's not well, like they it, pulled her hair yeah. or something or beat Mo- her. Mo- mother's God Michael. Sakes. I'm sorry. Michael's mother did a lot worse things to him. Oh, yeah. My mother said, Sarah, my <laughs> mother said, um, if you don't stop, I'm going to call your real mother to pick you up. <laughs> your real mother's coming over to the house to pick you up. That was pretty crushing. Pretty Are you crushing. serious? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. That's just, I'm not even touching the, I mean, it, it, yeah, she, she said she did. A, yeah, she. She poured oatmeal in my head once. She was so frustrated with me. She poured oatmeal in my hair 
and then made me go to school. I had oatmeal all over my head, stuck these like those little flakes. And Mrs. Camacho, the librarian, goes, Michael, come over here. What's in your hair? And I go, oatmeal. And she's like, why is there oatmeal in your hair? I go, my mom put it in my head, hair. She goes, oh, my God. <laughs> that was it. My mother used to, they, listen to this. The, the last story I'll tell about my mother. Christ. My mother <laughs> wrote me a check for 85 cents for lunch that I had to go give to the lunch ladies in line. And I'm like, what, what is this? It's like, it's a check, my mom. She doesn't have three quarters and a fucking dime. And I had to take checks and it was so embarrassing. Wow. Wow. Uh, <laughs> my most embarrassing moment, one of a thousand of them was just moved to a new school, never seen winter before. I'm like eight years old, moved to Ontario in the dead of winter and uh, went to school. And the kids said, hey, why don't you put your tongue on the window ledge? Oh, boy. Well, that didn't go well. How rude, those Canadian boys. Well, look, we love you. And thanks so much for taking the time to just talk with us. And, you know, uh, so is that it? Does Aunt now come back, Tom? I'm, well, I think I she think said, what we just learned is later with with the wedding, perhaps. Well, we're going to do some research because yeah. I don't know if any, I don't know if the three of us really remember. Yeah, if she comes back, if she out. comes back, we might have to have you come back again. Yeah, of course. It, yeah, it, it, it was it, it was the wedding. I think I, I remember I remember one of the producers saying, and I'm so grateful for the show. So this is not this is not in a, said in a negative way at all. But I remember him saying, but you never thought you'd be back. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Um, thank you. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, we love you. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for being the best aunt you could possibly be to Lana and for the show and a lot of people love you and if you don't know follow her what's your handles on are you in the instagram or the twitter uh instagram yeah what are you on in instagram and <laughs> at aunt nell slash smallville i doubt that what is it <laughs> uh, I, I i think it's just my name sarah jane redmond yeah yeah follow uh, her I, we'll check it out she's awesome I, i'm telling you i'm telling you i'm so not i'm not i'm not big on social media it's really pathetic but same who cares yeah you're not tom oh i'm horrible at it i have, I think i i just noticed last weekend i hadn't posted in a year and i was in the same place that i'd posted in the year before in the redwood forest <laughs> and i was about to post it and i was like i i, I don't think they, i don't think all the kiddos would like that so i didn't post uh all right we love yeah. you thank you so yeah. much thank you absolutely yeah happy valentine's day happy Thanks, valentine's tom. Day. thank you guys thank you. yeah bye okay, see you bye bye all right, some significant things of note. Uh, I guess Ian's fate is revealed in the season three episode, Asylum. So we'll have to wait for that. To create the effect of Ian splitting himself, Entity FX used three different visual effects techniques. I guess they went with this one. On the season two DVD of this episode, there's a deleted scene where the Ian that didn't fall suffers the same injuries as his double and they both die, which I think makes perfect sense. And that's what should have happened. One vanishing, right? This scene shouldn't be viewed as canon due to the later appearance of Ian. This episode marks the first time Clark carries someone while in super speed. Wow, Tom. Good. I mean, can they survive it? Apparently. Perhaps. I don't know why they couldn't just really fast, like being on a plane. Well, Clark's not human. I don't know. That's true. I think Clark goes faster than a speeding bullet, not just a plane. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you want to get technical now, brother. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, Walmart, Nike, Wine.com, Samsung, Lenovo, Sephora, and more. 
and even stack sales on top of cashback. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Patron privileges. Here we go. This is Mickey. If you're uh, if you want to join Patreon, patreon.com slash talkville, support the podcast. Here we go. Hey guys, it's Mickey from the United States. In Dicatic, when Lana's hanging over the dam and Clark's gotta like pull her up to save it, was it actually filmed with like a stunt double with a real dam? Or was that like recreated in a studio just because filming over the edge of a real dam would have been like super dangerous? Thanks. Mickey, good question. Tom can answer it. I want to say it's called the Capolano Dam, which is in North Vancouver. Uh, if it's not that, it, or it's or it's next to the Capolano Bridge, one or two. But it's a real dam. We we visit there numerous times over the ten seasons of Smallville. Um, it was really tricky because there's a lot of safety concerns because on both sides you can fall either fifty feet or like it looks like I don't know nine hundred feet, whatever it is. Um, and Kristen did get on a wire like a rig, and she did go over the side. And I remember thinking like. Oh my I don't gosh. know if I would do that. No, that's so, terrifying. Yeah. That's scary. Katrin. Hey guys, it's Katrin from Ohio. This question is for the episode Dichotic. I think the obvious question that everybody wants to ask for Michael is how cool is it to get to actually smash in a car with a golf club? Did you guys do that in one take? Related to that, uh, I thought it was kind of out of character at this point in the show for Lex to be really flying off the handle and losing control like that so early. What do you guys think? Thanks so much. I, I think that is probably the best question I've ever heard on this podcast <laughs> because it is. You obviously watch the show and know the character. And Lex has been upset about a lot of things. And he just doesn't lose his cool in front of people. It's very uncharacteristic, especially in front of uh, p- pedestrians, bystanders, right? Um, I thought it was very odd. It didn't make any sense. Sex. We didn't. We didn't even see why he was really upset. We, if, if there was something beforehand that happened, and we saw that, and all of a sudden he has anger management. It just was out of the blue. Everything was out of the blue. No, but that was fun about it, and it does come up with the doctor when she says, "It's funny. I wasn't angry as a child." The problem, Lex is doing everything for everyone else, thinking that's going to get him ahead. And that's where things erupt. And that's, everybody has always wanted to hit a meter maid's car with a nine iron. Oh yeah, it felt good. It was kind of cool. It was definitely fun to shoot. So there you go. But I didn't think about like actual character. I just said, this will be fun. But I was thinking, eh, would Lex do that? But I never questioned it. Can we talk about your sunglasses in the scene? Terrible. Okay. Terrible. I didn't, I didn't know why he threw the... I don't know why he gave the guy the nine iron. That was my weirdest thing. I'm like, you don't throw clubs around like that. Well, it's probably a really expensive golf club. And he's like, here, take this, you pedestrian. Meter made. Uh, here's Raj, who I love. Hey, this is Raj. Just finished watching Dichotic and had a comment on the scene where Clark saves Chloe at the dam. In this scene, he falls and gets to the ground, catches her a split second before she hits the ground. So instead of hitting the ground at full force, Chloe's essentially hitting his two steel beams-like arms at basically a free fall, which would still break her back and kill her. If he could fly, maybe he could have saved her, like we've seen in other Superman movies and, and things, but he can't. So Chloe would have died. That's all I got. What do you guys think? Raj, I love you, and it makes sense. But listen, listen, you're wrong on this one. You got to suspend disbelief and we know and we accept the fact that when he catches someone, somehow he's able to 
stop the 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 fall or or the the impact the the harsh impact as as it would have been i think that's just something you let go as you know superhero catches you you know i also think that he's not wrong i think clark could have maybe landed stood up and reached up a little more and a little more of a brace to to, so the people so raj wasn't you know too upset all right here's uh matt matt what do you got matt what do you got matt Hi, my name is Matt McChesney from Southeast Kansas. They never explained what Ian has to do with his spare doubles when he's finished with them. Does he have to kill it or does he merge back together? Or does he just have a spare army of doubles hidden somewhere? Anyways, that's it. You guys are awesome. Thanks for doing the show. <laughs> I love that guy. Matt, you just sound cool. I mean, is it, is it supposed to be another one of those it. things where uh, the Freak of the Week has sort of a power that is... Uh, related to their personalities or like the Amy Adams thing where she uh, was worried about her weight. And so that she just ate things. And uh, this one, he was an overachiever. So, and he wanted to be in multiple places at once so he could continue his overachieving. He wanted to excel in every, yeah, I think that's really it. I don't think they thought that hard about it. Yeah. But still doesn't answer the question. It doesn't, which is, does he reabsorb him every three days or every day and give rebirth? Too is much it thought. An alien situation. Too much thought. Yeah, does he I know. Now I'm upset. Yeah, I'm upset. You pissed us all off, Ryan. Hi guys, <laughs> this is Lenore from Michigan. How was it like to work with Jonathan Taylor Thomas? How do you think he ranked against other guest stars that you've had on? Certainly, he was probably a pretty popular guest star with all of his other acting jobs. I think he was he was not as famous as he had once been, but he was a gentleman. He was a good actor. He was fun to be around. I didn't work with him on this episode, but I worked with him later on in season three, and we had a lot of fun. I farted in front of him. We had a lot of laughs. Tom? He was very, he was confident in the best ways. He was a gentleman, like Michael said, and he was very gracious. There were people who were showing up outside of locations wanting to meet him, and he would go over and spend time with them, and he was just a cool, he was a cool dude. It's cool. Emily? Hi, this is Emily. I'm calling from Buffalo, New York. I am calling because I think Clark saving Lana and Chloe scene is pretty lame. I'm wondering what your guys' thoughts are. If it would have been cool for Ian to take Lana and Chloe in different directions and see if Clark could save both of them in time. Or if you had to choose. I don't think huh? they thought Clark would actually show up in time. That's, that's, my, that's my feeling. This whole suicide note was just so that Clark knew where to go. I don't think it was for Clark. I think it was a, a random thing that, not random. I think there was a suicide note so that people would say, oh, Lana and Chloe threw themselves off the dam. I don't think it was for Clark. I don't believe that, but whatever. Yeah. Hey, Sam here from Bloomington, Indiana. When in the end, Ian lays next to his clone, so to speak, that has fallen off the dam and he says, we were born this way. It's never really addressed that he dies or not, but he pops up again in season three at the asylum. So I didn't know what you guys thought about that. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. You know, I'm going to just say this, Sam, things don't add up. Sometimes they just don't add up. There's no rhyme or reason. You could ask a writer and he'll come up with a million excuses. But when you watch it, you're like, doesn't make any sense. I don't know. This, you know, it, you, Jimmy you, Buffett, Jimmy Buffett once said shit happens. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Here's Jason. Yeah, how you doing? Uh, Jason, how you doing? Let's get a good question here. My name is Jason from Victorville, California. I just want to say that I forgot how impressive the ending scene was, where Clark really turned the whole secrecy thing back around on them. And I like it a lot. You know, when Clark walks out, he kind of smiles a little bit. I, you know, I agree. We said that earlier. I, uh, I loved how... That wasn't on the nose. That was a cool choice. That was a cool. Um, I liked it, Tom. He said that he likes the ending, how you walked out kind of smiling and um, it wasn't your stereotypical kind of scene. You had a lot of that in this. You had Clark saying, yeah, uh-huh, sure. Quick little things like that. Those are the little beats that I tried to talk about earlier. Yeah. Look, Clark trying to navigate these little things. He doesn't talk like that much even going forward or before this episode, which you saw him sort of navigating without really saying too much because he wasn't sure yeah yeah i personally thought probably the best part about this episode was probably you you navigating and you responding and reacting and stuff i thought your performance was great unfortunately it just there's a lot of stuff that i didn't like but here's the last hi one. guys it's leanne from sacramento so in the famous golf club scene rosie i was wondering if it was ad-libbed at all if you acted it exactly as it was written and also i was wondering how many takes 
you guys did to shoot that? Probably did a couple of takes. There was probably a close-up where I was just hitting something that was soft that you couldn't, you know, or pretending to hit something. And there was one wide shot and they had a camera on a close-up of something I was hitting with the car. But um, it probably wasn't many takes. And I probably improvised a little bit, so did something. I, I will say the you wearing glasses, those Terrible. were probably reinforced safety glasses for sure. Probably. They were awful. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. That's probably the reason you were wearing, yeah. Practical practical and stylish here we go uh all right that was awesome thank you for the questions they were good they were really good today not that they're not good uh rosenbaum ratings on this one and we, we still have some things to discuss but um we're gonna start out with uh tom tom initially one. you like this you give it a rose okay a rose <laughs> you give this one a rose that's that's you know that's low for you that's not bad well, it, it is low i i think one of the reasons it's not a, a heater is because Again, I, I didn't like the stories, but I liked the little moments and performances. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, I like seeing Chloe and Lana together. I like the way Clark had to sort of navigate it, you know, trying to set up the Jonathan and Martha thing. I think there was maybe one too many storylines in it, but, um, and I thought that the reactions are quick, but the story was slow. Um, but because I liked everybody in the performances, I give it a one. One rose, right. Uh, I'll give it a half a rose. Half a rose. Half a rose. Yeah. I mean, cool guest star, uh, good good scenes, but um, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't you know, offensively bad by any stretch. Okay. Bomb. So, give it a bomb. Yeah. Let me give it a bomb. All right. Uh, I thought it was a uh, poor story. I thought it was... Um, characters i to me just didn't seem like they were on the same they on the same linear sort of cohesive uh trajectory as they should have been um for character arcs and whatnot just felt like it was it just it just didn't do anything for me at all uh sorry real quick did anybody know why lex showed up to the anger, anger management was that there was no court hearing no, did but, he do that on his own? No, I thought no, that no. Was cool. I'm sure it was insinuated that he probably had to do this because, you know, it was like. I like that I, I mean, he, he did uh, destroy a public official's car. Sure. All right. Wow. One believable thing. <laughs> Jesus. I just, you know, here, look, the last two episodes, guys, if you listen to them, I, I went on. I loved them. You know when I love something. Two and a half roses, I gave one. I believe two roses on another. This one, just all of a sudden, it was like, oh, man. I guess they, you know, it just didn't add up for me. Nothing added up. A couple of nice moments, but just uh, one word. I would just say this just was sort of. Uh, out of order. Out of order and sort of just bullshit. It's kind of bullshit like if, episode. If, if Al was like, oh, yeah, we shot that in, you know, we shot that season one and we put it in season two. I'd be like, oh, well, that explains a couple of things, but that didn't happen. Yeah, you're right. Through nine episodes in season two, 10 dead, 16 saved, series 40 dead, 51 saved. And now Ryan's favorite episode. Tom has, we, we were seen Tom's scenes, Ryan's favorite scene. You have them written down. I do. Uh, before that, I have, I have, I have a couple questions okay, sure. you, uh, because uh, just of uh, my age, what is shop class like? I never took a shop class. I did. Um, shop class was. You know, learning how to. Um, is, are you really well? You're, oh, well, yeah, you're welding. Yeah, in your like today, things. this project is we're going to work on the bandsaw, and you have to use the bandsaw to create like a paddle or some kind of like whatever. It's woodworking. Know. Yeah, it's woodworking. I'm Mr. Hay, Carl Hay. I think Carl Hay was my teacher, Mr. Hay. Mr. Hay's wood shop. I always make a joke like, I couldn't get nailed in Mr. Hay's wood shop. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, and then uh, the the other thing that was mentioned were pagers in this episode. Do you guys catch that? No. I, I did get that. He has a pager yeah, when everybody paged. else has cell phones. But he got paged. He has a cell phone. Yeah, JTT got paged by both Chloe and Lana, quote, yeah. but it was Clark. Hmm. I didn't notice that. I never had a pager, so I, I don't know how it works. I don't know if anyone could. I had one. But very quickly, I got a cell phone because pagers were just like annoying. All the pager did is say, call me. And then there were codes about certain numbers meant certain things. Like, I don't know. That was back in the day, y'all. Guys, by the <laughs> way, this just pisses me off even more. John Wick. They're doing the fourth one, and it's two hours and 48 minutes. I'll watch the whole thing. I will. I'd rather take a dump for that long. <laughs> For, Go for ahead, Ryan. Long? Favorite scenes. Let's see if we can figure it out here, buddy. All right, fine. All right, fine, let's do fine, it. Fine, let's fine, do fine, it. fine, fine, fine. All right. Uh, scene one is uh, um, where they're where they're in the shop, and they're it's the other damn who's that scene. 
That scene. The one. what? The other dame who's that scene where Pete gets hit with he the dead body. He can't even explain this scene. Right, I, this right, is right, not, right. No. You're down to two scenes. Uh, scene two is uh, the, the duplicity where he turns himself into okay. a second person. Very good. Cool effect. And uh, scene three is the multiple saves at the dam. Damn. Damn. Um, I'm going to go with him uh, splitting in half, splitting in half, the second one. I'm going to go with the dam. Dam. How could you go with the dam? Because it was the most mm, interesting so thing action. There was a lot of action. It, there was like a speeding. And the, it was an actual dam. Damn God it. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> um, all right. All right. I, I get That's it. That's because you're a horror fan. It was sort of an alien-esque Yeah, sort of I liked it. You know, well, you've, won, say this. you've won three. It, you're catching up. You're catching up. You're winning season two. I'm on to something here. I, I will say that there was something about the last 10 minutes of this. After the dam, did you notice the lighting change? All of a sudden, the lenses were longer, the lighting, and the yeah, neon in the back. I Everybody noticed looked that. Yeah. beautiful. Everybody looked great after the dam. It was like normal, and then became everybody was like, mm-hmm. I thought they did a great job. All right, that is it for the episode. Um, you know, it was, look, it was one of those episodes where, you know, I loved the last two. I said it. This one wasn't one of my favorites. There were some fun moments. Uh, I just thought it was all over the place, and I, I didn't know what I was watching. But maybe I was just tired. Maybe I got a massage, and and my brain was just whacked out. I don't know. But I still enjoyed it somehow, Because, but I just wanted it to be a lot better. And it wasn't. You just reminded me of Anthony Bourdain. God rest his soul. I was a big fan of his. I don't know. I don't know why I hated it. I just did. I wanted to like it, but I didn't. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I wish I could lie to you guys, but I, I'll never lie to you guys, even if you don't like what I'm saying. Um, so that's it. Uh, next one, Next time we, uh, next week, we stroll through season two, episode 10, Skinwalker. Is this the episode directed by John Schneider? I don't think he directed, and I think it took a couple more seasons. I don't know. I shouldn't answer because I don't know. I think this is the one with the Indiana Jones girl in the cave. I, oh. I, never mind. I don't know what I'm talking about, so I'm going to shut up. Uh, no, director Merida Grabiak. All right. Well, we'll give that one a shot. Skinwalker, promising title. All right. Let us know your thoughts on the episode over on our socials at Talkville Podcast or at Talkville Pod. Write a review. Um, and if you want to join Patreon, join all our lovely patrons who are supporting the podcast and keeping it afloat. That's patreon.com slash Talkville. Um, and if you want any more, uh, we have awesome artwork. Original, 50 prints, often original. Um, that we we hired this artist, May Charters, amazing. It's autographed. There's only 55 um, prints, and I think most of them are gone. So go to talkvillepodcast.com, get yours now, and a lot of other cool merch. You can also Zoom. There are, Tom and I do a few Zooms a month on a certain day and a certain time, but book those if you want to have a Zoom with us. If not, it's okay. We don't care. I mean, we, we'd love to talk to you. Um, and you can go to um, uh, talkvillepodcast.com for all that stuff. And uh, thanks for being here. Um, we love you and uh, we appreciate you. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for listening to the show. And um, Tom Welling, what are you going to say? I'm trying to Google Translate how to say always hold on to Smallville in Spanish. Sorry, couldn't figure it out. You can't time. do it? But always hold. I was, it just wouldn't let me do it. Well, here's what you do you go to Google Translate. English. By the way, if it's like not it, funny, it's I don't. On, have, I, that's phone. what I'm doing. Aferrate siempre a Smallville. Aferrate siempre a cuanta Smallville. Siempre a cuanta. Wait, listen, listen. Smallville. Aferrate siempre a Smallville. Ooh, there you go. Thank you. Uh, always <laughs> you hold on to Smallville. Love you, boys. We'll see you next week. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. This is, I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. And of course, we can't forget our top tier patrons without you guys. What would the show be? It wouldn't be airing. That's for sure. Tom and I wouldn't be doing this without you because you get back to the show and make it happen. Go to patreon.com slash talkville. Thanks for the support. Continue support. If you're not a patron, become a patron. It's a lot of fun. And uh, here we go. Let's read them, Tom. Go. You take off, baby. Yeah, I'll, I'll start off. And by the way, with patrons, you get some special stuff. That other people don't get to see. So here we go. Nikki G, Leanne P, Raj C, Janine R, Santiago M, Leah S, Little Lisa, Thomas the Leaf Blower. Mm, good for you. Good. Sophie M, Betsy D, Liliana. Correct. A, Avi P, Michael H, 
Ray H, Karen Apple M, Danielle B, 99 more, Liliani, Lilani. N. Just think, damn it. La, 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 I'm just going to switch it to, damn it, N. Rhett G, always hold on to Smallville, Estefan G, DJ Kento, Garrett W, Kimberly L, we can't do it without Justin S. Tom N, Tony V, Rodolfo V, Jason W, Osama A, Lana, rhymes with banana W. We got to do a Patreon, like a, 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 a Zoom with all these these awesome people. Nancy D, what would we do without Nancy D and Brian G and Sarah W, Justin T, Lucy O, Jeremy G, Amanda R, Teddy127, Michael P, Ryan R, Grumpy, Itis, Jordan M, Hillary B, and Craig G. And we can't forget Christy R, Pollyanna, Karen P, Derek G, Jorel, Richard S, Heather and Greg, Nico P, I made Talkville say but. boots. Brian H, Eric K, Clark's mom, Kristen B, Takashi M, Kevin E, Nanin W, Stephanie K, Dark Achilles, one of my favorite handles, Finky, Tito G, Mixter, Stephen F, damn, who's that? Damn, who's that? Damn. Jeanette E, Deadvid, Allison H, General Zod, who's, he's a tough guy. Theodore. Theodore. Lucian, my favorite crack. Lucian, Lucian, Lucian. Formerly Crack or Krauk, Clark spelled backwards. The Daily Planet goes to 11. Oh, that's a new one. Araceles, Araceles, Arrest the Development. Araceles R, Big D, John Glover's Luscious Maine, Doug R, Tommy Z, Boston 68, Isabel, Sager S, Corey L, Ivy and Sam, Mr. Home Arcade, Cal T, Amanda K, Jesse C, Lumberjack, Claire M, fourth favorite character underscore, Zoe. Zoe. Scott S. D. Brown. Joshua W. Alice. Be kind. Please rewind. Karen. <laughs> Karenera M. Karenera M. Eldon Supremo. Sarah Q2. Take the last ones, Willing. All right. Sarah Q2. Leslie V. Tatiana S. Rubber G. Natalia G. Julie Jules. Cool one. Mick Burtz. Can't wait to, can't wait to hear your next album, Julie Jules. Ginger M. Leslie and Jordan. Oleg G. Christoph S. KDB, Michelle, oh yeah, and Drew. Drew, can't forget Drew. Uh, you guys rock. Again, thank you, top-tier patrons. Thank you all patrons for listening. And um, if you want to get your name shouted out, join Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash talkville. There's a lot of other cool perks. Um, and uh, we love you. 